Click, click, boom. What's going on, Faithfuls? The Nothing But Niners crew is back, and we are here to bring you guys another fun-filled episode. More Midnight Madness. I almost messed it up there. You almost. I heard it. I tried to <laughs> slur it like a more Midnight Madness. This is episode 26 in a row. Man, I'm, I'm excited about this. Uh, I don't know how long we're going to do this either, by the way. I'm not saying that we're stopping anytime soon. So if you guys are getting tired of this, too bad. We're still going, man. Um, I'm your guy, 49ers Mike underscore NFL. To my right is my guy, Brian. He is Stater underscore Niner on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys go over there, give some follows, show some loves. Popping up on the screen right now are all of the formalities. So if you guys need to know where to find us, where to follow us, make sure you guys go there, hit that like and subscribe button, blah, 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 blah. And that's enough of that. Let's get down to business, man. All right. So we're going to start with on Twitter today. There it is right there. Uh, we got a couple of things to discuss here. First, a solemn one, a sad one. All right. The 49ers lost a member of the family today. Tight end Greg Clark passed away. Um, sad news, sad news. Another number 85, you know. Um, but rest in peace to Greg Clark and his family. Not old at all. Uh, 1979. 1979 that's not that's not old that's not old at all so uh i don't know what the issues were or, or what happened or what the causes were uh but i was sad to see about this um i would be lying if i said any had any like big memories of greg clark but if the family hurts we all hurt so rest in peace to uh greg clark uh prayers and condolences out to his family members and friends and loved ones all right in the fans i guess in the fans also all right uh, any thoughts or any words on that? Nope, you nailed it, man. You know, thoughts go out to the family. Absolutely. Now, I am distracted tonight. It is not because my wife is out here playing the game, but boxing is on. This is normally my Saturday thing, <laughs> and the main event, the co-main event just went off. The main event is about to start here. I'm a little excited about this fight, but that's okay. Uh, we have one more thing here that happened on Twitter today. I saw it on Twitter today. I believe this post is from yesterday. But I saw this today, and I was like, all right, whatever, well, Here we go. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum tweets out, if the 49ers don't extend Fred Warner, the versatile 24-year-old linebacker will be a marquee free agent in 2021. I think he meant to say 2022, but whatever. Um, last year, Warner ranked number 10 in the NFL in total tackles and number two among all linebackers in the pressure rate, minimum 50 rushes, per Sports Info SIS. PFF also graded him with an elite 91.1 rating. All right. Uh, I'm pretty sure that says rating down there. I can't quite see the bottom of it. Boom. Coverage grade. Sorry. Coverage grade. Okay. Um, so my question to you is, is pretty simple, Brian. I'm going to peek around the corner here. There is. Is there any chance the Niners don't extend Fred Warner? Now, you know the numbers way better than I do, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what? I don't know that I know them better than you do, but I have a firm grasp on them, yeah. Well, what the hell would need to happen for the Niners to somehow not be able to extend Fred Warner? Like, does Jimmy win a Super Bowl and we don't want to trade him at all because Lance bombed and he isn't ready, so now we're stuck with both of them? I don't think that that happens. But, um, no, I mean, it would have to be something. I mean, I understand. Like, right now there's a lot of people who are concerned that Trey hasn't signed his deal. It's a rookie deal with the CBA. There's not really much to negotiate in there. So it's not like, you know, they, they can't – it's not that they can't because anybody can hold out if they want to. But there's not really anything in there to negotiate to hold out for um, in the rookie contracts. So I, I think that they're holding off on signing Trey until before training camp just in case they need to do 
where they can manipulate numbers however they need to for now and then see if potentially they need to do like an extension for Tomlinson or somebody else, you know, or restructure Armstead or something like that. Or even Jimmy Ward, if they want to extend Jimmy Ward, they could bring his number down for this year. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know what, what the holdup is on his contract. I expect that he expected that it would be something that would fall along the timeline of what they did with Kittle. So we should be seeing something soon, but that doesn't necessarily mean we will. And, you know, it may be, you know, I, I would imagine, like, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of place, but it feels like Fred is one of those guys who's like, once the season starts, I want to focus on football. I don't want to worry about contract stuff. Shit, he, he said that this offseason already. Oh, okay, I didn't hear him say that, but I'm assuming yeah. he's one of those guys that would do that. And, you know, mm -hmm. and there's there's quite a few of them around the league that once the year starts, we're done, you know, and I'll see how this year boils down. And at the end of the year, you're either going to pay me a lot more money than what it was before or – you know, I'll have an yeah. off year and then you get a you know a better deal or something or you'll sign a one year deal after that. But I, I would imagine that Fred gets nailed down um, sooner rather than later. Yeah. His overall take was uh, I thought it was a good one. He uh, he basically said, look, I'm still under contract, so I'm not worried about contract negotiations. That's not for me to worry about. As for my right. agent. When the season gets here, I'm going to play whether there's a new deal or not. I'm focused on getting better. Uh, I missed too many tackles. And who am I to sit here and focus on that when I can be improving my game. So, I mean, like, I, I love this response to it. And I, he's somebody that I think believed what he said. Uh, if the money comes great, he knows he's going to get it eventually. He's already viewed amongst the, around the league by his peers as one of the best in the league. Right. So he knows the money's going to come. There's no need of me sitting here talking about holding out or, you know, I'm not coming in until whatever, whatever. I'm under contract. My right. money's going to come. And so I go out here and have another phenomenal year. Like you said, it's just going to cost you more. That's all. That's yeah. all it is. So let me continue to drive up the price. Another linebacker or two will get signed, and the old deals will be bigger than what you would have hit me for now, and now you got to beat that one. So, right. you know, it, it's it's a win-win for him, in, in my opinion. In my opinion, it's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to balance those books. You know, I think that there's going to be some other contract movements that happen, you know, in the background. I mean, we'll know about them, obviously, because – I think that they're going to have to open up some more cash. If they don't end up moving on from Jimmy at all this year, like they don't move him by the trade deadline and we don't get any reprieve from his salary cap hit, then there, there may be something that has to happen, you know? And mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't want to put that jinx out there, but there could be some really weird stuff that happens that it happens in my mind, but it hasn't been. So I'm not putting it out there because I don't want these vibes. There you go. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, keep the bad juju to yourself, man. Exactly. We don't want to hear about it. We don't want to hear about it. So, all right, man. Uh, let's go ahead and get to these questions on today. Uh, there were some in the comments, so let's start with those here. Um, the 2012 offense and defense versus 2019 offense. So this is basically which team wins, right? Uh, I do have some numbers here for you. I can tell okay. you really quick. The 2012 49ers offense put up 24.8 points a game and their defense allowed only 17.1 points a game. That was second that year, which what should for under normal circumstances would have been first. But I remember the Ravens played against a really, really horrible um, division that year. And they, they got a couple of goose eggs against divisional opponents and stuff like that. So I remember that year, but the, that's not to take away from that Ravens defense. They were still really good. But points per game was uh, 17.1. All right, that's 2012. So offense, 24.8. Defense, 17.1. 2019, 
for the 2019 team, offense was at 29.9 points a game. Very, very good. Uh, and the defense was at seven, uh, 19.4. This okay. was the 19 team? Yes, that was okay. the 2019 team. Just to give you some very, very general information here. All right. Well, that, that checks with the eye, eye test. So uh, which which team do you think comes out and wins this one? I, I you know, as soon as I read that um, comment, I started thinking about it in my head. And I'm going to go with the 19 team over the 12 team. Although I do like some of the things that the 12 team brought to it. Um, when you look at how they finished that year, um, I just think that the 12 team was closer um, playing – Obviously, you can't compare the teams of their opponents, right? right. Um, the, you know, the Ravens from 12 and the Chiefs from 19 are two different entities coached by two different, you know, they have different styles and everything, you know. But I think that the way we played, um, I don't think that – I think Kyle would out-coach out Harbaugh in a, in a minute. <laughs> so. Okay. I like that. Both of those teams did play the Saints, and both of those games the Saints put up over 30 points over 35 points. So uh, that was an interesting little tidbit there. Uh, I will say this. If they played – and here's my opinion. I, ho I hope this doesn't count as, like, me dodging the question or anything, and I'm not trying to. They played in 2012 with the 2012 rules. I think that team wins because Shanahan's going across the middle that he likes to do here against um, Hitner and Goldson would have been an immediate game changer because – those guys would have blasted every wide receiver and tight end that went across the middle. They would have just made them, they would have punished them going across the middle. And that wouldn't have worked all game long, all that yak and stuff. You, you start getting alligator arms and it, it's, it's a bad, bad situation, right? Yeah. But I think that 19 front seven just kills cap in that running game. <laughs> just <laughs> Well, does it though? Because you got to remember that the 19 defense struggled against those, athletic quarterbacks and those guys who would get out and get on the run. So I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not quite sure. Now I do think they played in 19 with those rules and those hits being penalties across the middle and the defenseless receivers and all that stuff. Then the 19 team wins because that I have no idea what that defense would look like. So that's, sure. that's why I said that. So, I mean, there's pros and cons of both of them, but that was a right. very interesting question. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and by the way, by the way, that 2012 defensive front, was no joke either. Justin sure. Smith, Alden Smith, Ahmad Brooks. Oh my God, that that defensive front was insane coming yeah. after the quarterback, and they were even nastier against the run. Yeah, it, I think it just comes down to coaching. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then that it would have been two stubborn, stubborn teams. Kyle Shanahan <laughs> and that predicated on the run game, and then that defense was just stubborn as hell against the run. That would have been a phenomenal game. I might simulate this on Madden later. <laughs> <laughs> that might be something worth watching there, okay? Um, let's keep this thing going here. Uh, another one here from Danny Albright. What 49er player in the past had potential but just failed? Um, so I'm going to go with our cat-loving guy, Pettis. I'm going to say coming out of college, he had the utmost advantage to take, you know, take advantage of the position on special teams with what his skill set was and coming mm -hmm. to this team. And I think that's why they went and got him, you know, as a, as a return guy, but then he just never panned out or 
maybe they were trying to push him into the wide receiver more. I don't know what was you know really going on with in Kyle's mind, but I felt like he wasn't utilized and that he also didn't step up. Like he wasn't he was a great college player as far as a return game, but maybe he just didn't have the tools to make it work in the NFL. So that's why I say you know he had the potential, but he's just failed. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of good answers here, and I don't know. Um, I don't know what you call fail, right? So, uh, Marcus Lattimore, I told you how excited I was. The potential sure. was there, but the injury, he never he never got on the field. Right. Um, Glenn Coffey, I remember him. I don't know if you remember the running back from the uh, Singletary yeah. year. Uh, he left and went to the military. The military. Yep. Um, so, there, there's a lot of guys. Hell, uh, what was the linebacker's name? Borland. Chris Borland, yep. I think you mentioned him last night or the night before. Right. He was got concerned about concussions and just walked. He was like, and I'm done. Yeah. He was like, forget it. I'm out of here. You know, so there's a lot of guys that had potential and didn't do anything at all with it. You know, right. it's like uh, you you got a chance to see a flash. Joe Williams, people could say, was a, a failure. You know what I mean? Like, it, it depends on uh, what what you what you believe in there. There's, 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 there's a lot of them, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God. That's probably the biggest letdown because I mean, you got to see it for a couple of seasons. Right. And then, you know, down, so. you know just couldn't that get out of his own way. Reuben Foster couldn't get out of his own way, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We got some more questions here. I'm going to start with this one because this one was actually asked last night and I forgot to click it. So I'm going to put it up here today. Um, will Mostert play all 17 games? Now I see you shaking your head. No, but I really want you to think about this for a second. Mm hmm. The running back by committee is not only here for sure this year, but it's really deep. Mm -hmm. It's re I'm, I'm talking like our practice squad guys would probably be starters on another team. So sure. just think about that before you give right, your answer here. Right now, I think that it's supposed to be as it's set up with Wilson being removed because of his injury. You got Moster and Sermon and then Goleman and um, Elijah Mitchell. And I think that that is your set, and then Hasty will try to get to the practice squad. That's how I think it'll be laid out, right? But mm -hmm. like last year, and I'm not trying to wish any of that bad juju on anybody, we saw, you know, as hard as those guys get um, utilized, as often as they're utilized, um, you know, it's just, you know, every, any down, anything can happen. And, you know, ankles or feet or anything, you know, it's all easy to, to nick up here and there, a knee here and there. So, you know, with running backs, I never expect them to play the full season. You know, missing a game here or there to get over a turf toe or the, uh, you know, high ankle sprain for a couple of games or something like that. It, it's just it almost seems inevitable, especially on this team. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this could be the year that we see all 17 games from him. I think significantly less usage would be the caveat, though. He's right. not coming out here getting 15 plus carries a game if he's going to make it all 17. But I right. think this year you find the sweet spot with him. 10 to 13 carries a game, couple 10 plus yarders here or there. And you, 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 you're happy with that output 70, 80 yards a game and, you know, maybe a touchdown or two. And that's, that's the formula for Raheem Mostert. You know, uh, I was thinking about when I read that question, I thought about the question from the other last night where it was, will we have a thousand yard running back? And you were, you said no, and I got it. But then I thought about that, uh, that Falcons team. When they had Coleman and uh, oh my God. it was it was just a one-two punch. There wasn't a third guy, right? Yeah, I think we just have too many people on too many too many players that will be utilized in a rotation in order to do that. Because I see, right. I foresee if if 
in my mind, if I'm the head coach, my utilization would be Goldman and Sermon one, two, and rotate those guys. And Mostert's going to be my third down back because he's got the speed, you know? And so you're going to punch and punch and punch with one, two over and over again, and then use, you know, change. I know that Mostert's going to get the start regardless of what happens, but um, I think that he would be better off being utilized as a third down back. When you say third down, see, you say third down, I think short yardage. Okay. No, so, I'm thinking you know like, what I mean? like third and two. All right, here comes Raheem Mostert. I don't think that fits. No, no, no. I, when I think about third down backs, I think about like Jarek McKinnon. You're looking the change for speed, of pace. Speed yeah. guys get in there, burst through holes, you. you know, and okay, do your thing. Like I, yeah, I mean that's the best way I can explain. I don't think about the short yardage when I think about third. When I say that, when I think about a specific right. third down back, you know, he's not your bowling ball. It's going to get your three yards. You know, that's that's not what I think of as a third down back. Okay. And so if if the if, if the you know faithful think that that's what i'm trying to say I, i'll clarify that's not what i mean yeah. you know i think of it more of a speed back a change of pace back is my third yeah. guy yep well so i, I say that he'll be the starter i still think that he best fits there and that also limits his snaps you know and hopefully makes him last more durable for the season right right uh what's your favorite moment on nbn and what's your least favorite moment on nbn I have had a lot of fun on this show, so I don't think I can name one. Um, you know, the first time I was asked to be on the show, I mean, other than getting over the nerves of be like, dude, you're going to be on this podcast that you've been watching for the last year. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't really think I have a favorite just because each show yeah. is independent of its, you know, on its own. And, you know, most of the time we have, have a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but I do there. I will say that probably my least favorite moment is me getting caught up in verbiage and not being PC and then letting it just sit and eat at my brain. Like you said that, why did you say that? And then I go back and I'll watch the episode and then I'll go back and read all the comments. Like what did people, did people say it the way I said it or not? So then I start thinking about things too much. And yeah. I think I've only had like two episodes like that where I just, it just ate at me and I had to go back and watch it. And like, yeah. I would monitor that video for like three or four days after we did it, just to see if there was comments that came in so I could respond or whatever. But yeah. fortunately, those ones that concerned me apparently didn't concern anybody else. So I was being my own worst enemy. <laughs> but that's that's how it is. That's how you know you're 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 getting good at honing your craft because you're your biggest critic. And what you thought was a big deal, most people didn't even notice. And so you'll right. you'll you'll learn that as uh you continue to do this. Uh it is hard to a narrow down one favorite moment on NBN. So it's not with NBN, it's on, like on camera, on the show. Right. Um, I, I can't, I really can't name just one moment. Like you said, uh, we've had a lot of fun. Um, some of the, some of the, you know, walking through the parking lots um, and interviewing random fans of the opposing team for our behind enemy line segment, you know, um, being at the draft, you know, live, that was a fun experience also uh, on camera. Um, a lot of our draft shows are our, our favorites. And then my least favorite is one of our draft shows also, uh, just because of some comments that were made during the draft about players that we selected. And clearly people weren't informed on who they were. And they said some really offensive and stupid stuff that could get caught. I'm not going to go like say exactly which episode right. it was, but it was like, it was just, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Like, that's like, that's the kind of stuff that angers me. Like we should know better. We have right. guests on and they slip or they get loose lips or something like that. That's different. But like you said, I, 
I analyze and critique everything that we do, not just that myself. Right. Um, and those are the kind of things that like are my least favorite moments here. The arguing and all that stuff. I love it. The heated debates and all that kind of stuff, because that's that shows passion. Right. I never hate passion. I hate ignorance. That that's what I hate. I hate like just ill-informed opinion. Not 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 even ill-informed opinions, because that's an opinion that I can respect because I can understand how you got there. But like just saying something that's just foul or offensive or stupid. I, I don't like those things. So uh here's another one from Callie. The most romantic thing you've done for your wife. So <laughs> I've done quite a few cheesy things that I consider to be romantic or whatever, but that's what we, love does. Before well, I mean, I just you know, you try to feed into the 1980s rom com and all those other things, you know, like taking ideas from Hollywood to like girls must love this, right? So when I was young and um, or when we were young, I should say, um, before we got married, um, we were living in a house that was full of roommates. And for whatever reason, they were either at work or called on other assignments to go do something. Anyway, we had the house, um, to ourselves and, um, I did the whole gamut of rose petals up the stairs, across the bed, all over the bed, through the bathroom, in the bathtub that was filled with all of her, you know, bath salts and, um, or not salt, whatever they are, the things that you yeah. put in there that, you know, not like the bombs that they have now, but like the actual granules you used to pour in. Yeah. And, uh, it, and, sh and she always loved that I did that, but unfortunately the rose petals gave her a horrible reaction in the bathtub and that ended our romantic night. So it was like, uh, um, it was, uh, a, a romantic idea, um, that my wife still loves to this day. Um, mm -hmm. But it was just, you know, an unfortunate outcome of the situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, I, my wife is like, a, like anti-romance type. Like she likes to go out to dinners and you know what I mean? But she doesn't like to get dressed up. She doesn't like people like looking at her. She doesn't want to be the center of attention. So it's hard for me to do like the stuff that I would like to do. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we do like what I, to me is like typical stuff, but like, the spa days and massage days and you know yep. favorite meals and dinners and we get a hotel rooms and just go away for the weekend just the two of us and stuff like that like to me like that's romantic because that's keeping our version of romance alive it's it, it might not be like the movie romance but this right. is the stuff that keeps her into me you know right. what i mean so i mean it's it's all typical for us it's not a you know that we I, I told you guys we role play. We go out to really nice dinners and I act, I tell her to go wait for me at the bar and I'll walk in and reintroduce myself and stuff like that. And I, I hit on her and pick her up and <laughs> see how far I can go. And like, damn, like, and if she plays along too much, I'm like, yo, like, it's that first night you coming home with me for real? Like, I, I like start insulting. Slide like, hey, that room key the... across the bar counter. Here you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yo, Melissa's in there somewhere. Cut the shit out. Like, so, but yeah, like, so, you know, it's, it's little stuff like that. It's always fun, though. It's always fun. Um, let me see. That was two of those. So let's get back to one more of these here. Um, I'm not a superstitious person, but England are in a soccer final on Sunday. The last three games, I've drank Bud eight ribs and wore a it Italia 90 jersey and they won. Should I continue that? Is this from this is Alfred. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, brother. <laughs> that you may not be, be superstitious, but the minute you stop doing that and something changes, you might be. <laughs> right. And see that's the thing. Like I believe in the butterfly effect. 
you can call it superstition or whatever if you want. I believe in the butterfly effect. Something small can change something big somewhere else and change the way someone feels and da 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 da. da. Um, but you can't chance it because if you don't do it and they lose, you're gonna blame yourself right. only because you noticed that what you were doing was working. <laughs> right. So if you change it and they lose, you're gonna beat yourself up. You know what right. I'm saying? So nobody else is gonna say anything. It's just you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. No one else even noticed. No one else even noticed. It's just you. It's just you. Right. All right. Uh, here, oh, yeah. You want to read this one? This is this one's for you. DJ. What's your favorite flavor of cream pie, guys? There's a category for for that, Brian. Um, favorite, favorite Dragon Ball Z. Okay, DBZ. Uh, villain Mike. Favorite Star Wars villain Brian. Milk, dark or white chocolate, guys. Um, so I, we can start. Actually, we can start at your favorite Dragon Ball Z question. <laughs> okay. If you want, I like, like I'm, a, I don't want to answer Star Wars questions because you haven't seen it. And if you ever want to watch it, what I'm going to say is going to give away. All kinds of crap. <laughs> well, he's, he's just asking who your favorite villain is. Right. And my favorite villain will give away stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, my favorite Dragon Ball Z villain is... Uh, it's It's got to be Frieza. Um, Frieza was just like a relentless person who... Uh, being that, like, you just pissed him off. Like, he literally... One of the main characters in the cartoon... Like he does this thing, like he's sitting in a chair. He just like lifts him up with his fingers. He's so powerful, and just like boom, and made him explode. Like you just didn't see it coming. It was the craziest shit I've ever seen. And I'm like, oh my god. Like so, yeah, it's definitely free. I like that. If you're a bad guy and you're powerful, don't sit here and build it up and fight and get stronger and stronger and stronger. Just get right to it. Destroy some stuff and show, hey, I'm a badass and you can't stop me. So, all right. Well, I mean, you probably know enough about pulp, pop culture to understand. The Star Wars storyline, yes, no, yes, I think so. Okay, then I'll just go with it this way. It'll, it'll be easier. And while he is my absolutely most frustrating and whiny character, also at the same time he is my favorite villain, and that would be Anakin Skywalker. Before he flips the script and becomes Darth Vader, but in that small moment of time where he and Obi, like the change in being the little kid Anakin and changing to become this angry because i left my mom and you know she was taken away from me and the jedi order doesn't give a crap about me and they're not gonna make me he was a whiny little bee and it just pissed me off but the villain side of him it made it so good because he was this nice innocent little kid in in the remit or the the reintroduction of the first three movies that came out right? right um or one two three however you want to say it but anyway just the process of him changing into what he's going to become as darth vader and seeing that process makes him my favorite villain Okay. And I'm going to go with uh, white chocolate because, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Milk chocolate because I'm not much of a chocolate person. I don't like the way dark chocolate tastes. And if I were to say white chocolate, my wife would yell at me because she says white chocolate's not real chocolate. So <laughs> that's true. It's, it, it doesn't seem like that. Um, but I'll go with milk as well. Dark chocolate's too bitter for me. I don't like the bitter chocolate. If I eat chocolate, I want it to be sweet. That's the whole point. Uh, right. But white chocolate, actually, whatever they use to make white chocolate goes right through my system. So I will not mm. eat white chocolate at all. The only <laughs> time I ever had it was a Hershey's cookies and cream bar. Well, I really started getting into the, um, well, not like getting like eating them all the time, but there's there's this, uh, it's a candy bar that's wrapped in a silver wrapping. It's called Zero, I think is the name of it. And it's white chocolate and like caramel or something like that. And it, I, it tastes okay, but 
it does not affect my body well because it's not real. Like whatever they do to make white chocolate is not, um, not doesn't work for me. So I'm going to go with yeah. milk chocolate. Okay. Uh, you got to read this next one. I'm going to okay. go on mute. I'm going to mute uh, the audio while you read this. Okay. Because I have uh, three children out here right now. So you sure. can read this one and then I'll give my answer. So Callie sends us, uh, speaking of romance, how have you guys ever been caught in the act? Wink, wink. By your kids. If so, how did you react? And I, mine straight up. No, we've never been caught. Yeah. They don't even think that we have sex at this point because they're 16 and 14 and don't want to even think about the fact that that's happening or could be happening. Right. Um, technically, yes, but they were like babies in the crib. So they don't like know what was going on. That That's as close as uh, anything has happened here. Right. So. Nobody's busted in the door. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, no one that understands or it's old enough to be curious about what was happening. So. Right. Um, here we go. Uh, if you have to choose one coach to lead us for the next five to ten years, who are you going with, Harbaugh or Kyle? I'm going to go with Kyle. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Mike, do you like Philly cheesesteaks? I like cheesesteaks. I think the Philly cheesesteak thing is a little bit overrated. Um because people argue about which one's a real Philly cheesesteak, which one isn't, and all that stuff. I do like cheesesteaks, though. Uh, Brian, have you ever put pineapple on a burger or hot dog? I'll put pineapple on everything if I get a chance to just at least try it once. Um, some things are good, but some, you know, if you get a nice greasy burger with some bacon and throw a piece of pineapple on there to help like sweeten it up, I guess it's good. But the problem with pineapple, like if you use a ring, like a pineapple ring, um, is it? You know, it's like when you put too much condiments on there or veggies on there or whatever that slides, it's hard to hold it in yeah. place. And so because it's not, it doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't stay solid very long. Yeah, it slides. Not on a hot dog though. I don't think I've ever tried it on a hot dog. Now That's that exactly what I was going to say. You've put it on a hot dog? Okay. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I guess you could feed it through the middle of the ring. I, <laughs> I'm not sure. I can't how imagine it's too bad because relish has got a sweet kind of taste to it. And Yep. I don't like pickles. Though, so. Oh, okay. I won't eat, I won't eat pickles. I don't like the vinegar. All right, Melissa's not here, uh, but I don't. My kids jump on me all the time, but I don't know. I can't remember, but she would answer that better. And my favorite camping food, um, I mean, I, I like, I like. This is gonna sound corny as hell, right? Like, there's certain kind of trail mixes that I like, so I, I like that kind of stuff when I'm outdoors, like just to keep it going, and you know, you're not worried about having to stop and cook anything or heat something up or whatever. I, I like that and just keep moving. Right. No, I like when I'm camping. I mean, we don't do that much anymore because we live basically where we used to come camping all the time. So there's no reason. Like I can go to the lake and then come home and sleep in my bed at night and not have right. to worry about mosquitoes or the tent falling down or something stupid, you know, or your camping neighbors with their dogs or something. You know, I can right. just come home. But uh, when we do go out, if we're going to have a day out doing something like that, um, I prefer stuff that the kids can help with. So like hot dogs are always good. S'mores are always fun, you know, if you're sitting around the campfire. Um, so those are kind of the two for me. Mm -hmm. All right. My kids love s'mores too, man. And this will be the last one uh, for the night here. Uh, top three favorite movies. Mine are equal. First Jaws, Good Goodfellas, and Star Wars. Um, I think we've answered this not very long ago. We're similar type question. Um, yeah, because I went with uh, Legend of the Fall. We like we went back and forth on this one. Like I yeah. said one and you said one. Um, I'm going to start with Bad Boys. 
You didn't say that last time. <laughs> I, I had to have said bad boys. No. There's no, I literally know that movie word for word. There's no way I didn't say and that. And then I, what did I say after that? Uh, Favorite. Across the, Across the Universe was actually my first one. And then it was Legends of, I think, or Legends of the Fall. And then Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. So was the question before best movies or favorite movies? Because I think there's a big difference. So like, for example, Role Models is one of my favorite movies just because okay. I love it, right? right? It's clearly not the best movie I've ever seen. Sure. And I have Troy in my top also. Oh, that's so right. That's what you said, Troy. I remember Bad that. Boys, Troy, Role Models are like my favorite movies. But Law Abiding Citizen, I think it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. And it's also one of my favorites. Forrest Gump is one of my Lawless. Lawless was a good movie about I moonshiners. I don't think I even know what that is. So it had a uh, what was that guy's name? Hardy, the guy who plays Bane, I think, right? Okay, I don't talking about anyway. He's like the, the oldest brother of a bunch of uh, boot bootleggers, or mm-hmm. not they're not bootleggers. I mean they are, but they they make their own liquor, so they're making their own shine. And uh he's just badass in that role. <laughs> I mean, Wallace, that's like huh? the yeah, like uh, I don't know if you ever saw it. Was it? I think it was L.A. Confidential, and I think it was Russell Crowe's first role. He was playing a detective, and he like has his hands on the back of this wooden chair. And obviously, it's Hollywood magic, but he's just like he gets angry and he just snaps the back of this like solid wood chair, and it was just like yes, <laughs> you know. Um, so it was kind of a similar type thing where I was just like that actor. I like that actor, you know. And I started wow. watching some other stuff that Russell Crowe did. Same thing with Tom Hardy. I started watching more things with him. Just because of that role, it kind of turned me on to the things that he was doing. And I was like, well, some of it is the same. Some it's not. But um, it's, you know. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good movies out Tom there. Hardy. But, yeah, I mean, I could sit here all day and talk about movies, but we don't have that time. Absolutely. <laughs> so maybe next show they'll ask us some more movie questions here. But, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. We thank you all for being patient with us and rocking out. We went four minutes over time, but we have come to the conclusion. Ladies and gentlemen, good night. Mahalo. Aloha.